what are we going to do now? Pat didn't know if he could not think aloud. Cassandra's complex, a beautiful live wire, living on the edge. Cassandra is in a whirlpool. The two of us are. We are swirling around in a world of trouble. And if we are not careful, we will get too near the vortex and it will be too late. I don't know how long we can avoid the inevitable, but I am not ready to get swallowed up just yet. We are in danger. Serious danger. The FBI and Interpol might already be looking for us. The situation is dire. We need to lie low. And stay out of the picture. Stay under the radar. Try to live out as normal a life as possible while we still can. We need a place to hide out. We got rid of the mobile phones and credit cards. That was good. We got lucky and were able to put them in the overcoat of a man who as usual succumbed to Cassandra's seductive charms. He was in the motel lobby waiting to check out. He was well dressed and very handsome, just what Cassandra likes best. We sat next to him and Cassandra worked her charms on him. I read my book and relaxed into the background. She asked him where he was travelling to. He politely responded, saying he was going to catch a flight to Singapore. How wonderful, purred Cassandra. He was touched and enthralled and enjoyed her attentions. He asked her if she would like to go for a coffee with him before he leaves. She smiled and said she would be delighted and told me she wouldn't be too long. The man would be in for a treat. There would be an embrace, a connection, a thrill. His hands would explore her lines, her waves, and feel her scent and the heat of her skin. They would kiss. He would feel her lips on his neck. Her hands would work the magic, but also find a way of transferring the mobile phones from her knickers to the inside pocket of his coat. They came back from the coffee, all smiles, all subterranean, job done. Happy days. We said our goodbyes to our handsome friend and got as far away from the motel as possible.
Cassandra is confrontational. It is her way. She's fearless. But that will get her killed. Get us killed. It is hard for her. And I know she gets angry with me. I drive her up the wall, being so elsewhere. But I'm trying to find a way for us to survive. Trying to think of a way we can be somewhere safe. Even if it is just transitory. A place where we can earn enough money to live and not stand out. A place where we can just blend in with the crowd. A place far away from the Doyles in Philadelphia. That will be so hard for Cassandra. She has never been a part of the crowd. But she needs to learn and quick. We need to find an escape route fast. The service station was the turning point. I could feel her energy sparking. Forks of lightning pouring through her eyes. All that energy looking for somewhere to go. The last thing we needed was attention. I even told the petrol attendant that there was $7,000 behind the petrol pump. If he just takes the punch and lies down, he looked at me nonplussed, wondering what on earth was going on. I'm pretty sure once he wakes up and sees the money, He'll phone the police and tell them that he has been the victim of a crime and will describe Cassandra to them. Now the lightning was in my eyes. Jesus, this film is getting complicated. Cassandra, I need you to listen to me. We need a plan. We need to get out of here quickly. So I suggest we go to the nearest city, buy some suits, and get radical haircuts. We need at least two new passports. You need to dress up as a man to get through passport control. When the flight attendant looks at our passports, I will invoke their inner narcissism so that they will see themselves on the passport photographs and not us and will be positively disposed to us and will let us through onto the plane. I don't know where we should get the plane to as yet but we need to get one quick so as we can start again and think about a place where we can go for a while 
and lay low and try and find a way to blend in, a way to survive. Path had sounded peremptory. Cassandra had begun to understand his moments of absolute and resolute concentration and had learned to respect them and not to get in the way. The first thing is to find a house to stay. We can no longer risk hotels and motels. We must have a safe place until we understand what to do. Cassandra just nodded. Then, if time and history allow it, we will have to go back to Mr. Francis, where it all began, at least for us. And this time, we must have some answers. Cassandra drummed her fingers on the latest issue of Vogue that she had just bought and tried to understand why Pac could not find peace. Looking for a way out of what seemed to her instinctively the maximum way out. Maybe Pat knew things and remembered details that he still didn't feel. He wanted to share with her, or perhaps, more trivially, he didn't trust her. And couldn't wait to be able to find his way back. And it was on this point that Cassandra just didn't know how to understand him. What return did he so desire? Did Pat remember his past? Did he understand where and who he was before the theatre in New York? And why not say Why not let her share in his progress? Cassandra felt suffocated from anger frustration and the impossibility of putting her hands on his neck as she however would have liked to do. She jumped up. The magazine fell to the floor, opening to page 26. On the ad for a long-wearing lipstick, Canada We need to get a Canadian passport, get there, and then take a flight to Havana. From there, we will be safer. Pat snorted. He did it often, but there was no way he could hold back. Not with Cassandra, who was able to provoke him, even by indulging him. Okay, it seems reasonable to me, he replied, trying to sound nice. So, as you suggested before, we need to make a radical change of look. Before we get the documents done, we will have to stop at the supermarket 
to buy what we need. What do you think? Pat would have never thought that a supermarket could give him so much anxiety. But he saw no alternative. And then he was dying of curiosity to see what Cassandra would come up with to transform them both. It had to be the fault of the sadomasochistic component of his personality. There was no other explanation. But we have to separate, and if I may, change cars. Your 500 is hot. Cassandra burst out laughing. And what do you recommend doing? Do you have preferences? Could a convertible work? She told him, pointing straight at a 1979 Porsche Carrera parked carelessly in a parking lot of their motel. Nope, let's use the 500, at least for this last time, then we'll see. The inevitable radio was already underlining the tension of the moment. With missing persons, destination unknown. Why Cassandra seemed to give no importance to the ironic memento that had been sent once again from hyperspace or from who knows where. When they arrived at the mall, the two separated. Cassandra would take care of the new hairstyles. Pat, on the other hand, would take care of the clothes. Making someone like Cassandra look like a man would have been a wizard's feat, but he trusted in the general idea of fluid gender that wouldn't inspire too many questions about the result. It would have been enough to escape the surveillance cameras for a couple of days and then, once in safety, to return to live and to be able to understand what to do to regain their lost normality. Thirty minutes later, they were in the centre of their room, TV on, MTV. The two of them, with plastic shower caps on their heads, waiting for the new colours to catch on, and ready to try on the new clothes. The first thing for Cassandra to do was to put on a support bra that would take her from double D to super small A and the lack of oxygen already made her feel exhausted. Then the green contact lenses 
another nightmare. Pat, on the other hand, had limited himself to buying a bespoke dark suit just to look like a Russian businessman and full of money. He bought a similar suit for Cassandra, but with a loose cut, a little retro, in the hope that she could pass for a particularly effeminate gay. After the shampoo, Pat had come out dark brown and Cassandra completely bleached. Pat sat Cassandra on a chair and took out the scissors. Cassandra closed her eyes but gave proof of blind faith. Pat felt flattered. Twenty minutes later, Cassandra had been transformed into David Sylvian. The TV was now playing Bowie's Queen Bitch. <laughs>